welcome to Down There Aware, a podcast bringing attention to gynecologic cancers in women's healthcare. Disclaimer, we cover many topics which some may find uncomfortable, and while we feel it is an important conversation to have, we understand it may not be for everyone. episode of Down There Aware. I'm Alex with my mom. And I'm Mary, <laughs> Alex's mama. <laughs> and today um, on our episode, we have Dr. Amanda Olson. Dr. Olson earned her Bachelor of Science degree from Pacific University in 2005 and a doctorate degree in physical therapy from Regis University in 2008, graduating as a member of the Jesuit National Honor Society. She holds a certification of achievement in pelvic floor physical therapy through APTA and the Pelvic Floor Practitioner Certification through the Herman and Wallace Pelvic Institute. She is also a certified Dot Pilates instructor um, and RRCA certified running coach, uh, which she finds useful in curating treatment approaches. She's also the president and chief clinical officer of Intimate Rose, where she develops pelvic health products and education and authored the book, Restoring the Pelvic Floor for Women. She is passionate about empowering women and men with pelvic floor issues, uh, including pelvic pain, incontinence, and pre- and postpartum issues. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Olson. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yes, we really appreciate you reaching out. And um, I know we've spoken one time before and um, got to know a little bit about what you do. And um, so can you just kind of, I know I gave a little brief summary, but can you just give us a real brief um why you wanted to focus on the pelvic floor when you started doing pt did you know that you wanted to do that already i did not interestingly i began my career specializing in pediatrics so when i went to physical therapy school and when i was doing my doctorate um my whole focus was pediatrics and it was my passion and within a few months of finishing my doctorate degree, I got my first job working in a children's hospital, um, doing some care, but mostly doing a lot of research with children and with different types of other healthcare providers. And I had, um, I had an accident <laughs> that involved um, me uh, doing, I'm not a thrill seeker. I will, I will start by saying that. Uh, as you heard, I'm a runner. I, I like my feet on the ground. Um, but as a new practitioner, I was out in the wilderness with my husband and his friends, and they were doing some cliff jumping, and they, um, they were jumping off a cliff, and I made the choice to do it too, into water. And I landed wrong from 40 feet up, and I significantly injured myself. Um, so I significantly injured my pelvic floor muscles and my whole pelvic girdle and my back and my legs. And I had to go see a pelvic uh, floor specialist, another physical therapist that had to completely help me rehabilitate. Um, my coccyx was dislocated. I had <laughs> injured all the muscles, the tendons. Oh. It was pretty ugly. It was very ugly. And that I sounds laugh. incredibly painful too. <laughs> it was incredibly painful. I was in extraordinary amounts of pain. Um, and so it was a few months of rehabilitation um, specific to the pelvic floor, to specific to my tailbone and to, um, you know, bowel and bladder. And she helped me and she said, Amanda, you need to quit 
pediatrics and you need to do this. <laughs> and so I did. I was still working, but I went and I took additional continuing education and I recertified to become a pelvic health specialist because it was my calling. She helped me so much and I'm so much better now. And there was a huge need, you know, at that time, 12 years ago, there was only a few hundred of us in the country doing this kind of work. And now there's thousands and it's um, much more prevalent and well-known. Um, but that took time to build up awareness and to get people trained up. And so it became my new passion and my new place in this world. Wow. Well, to, for clarification, for those of us who aren't in the PT field, um, when you were studying in that field, were you aware that there were specialists in pelvic floor therapies? Um, and, or, or did you really fall into that because of that horrible accident? You know, we had about a three hour lecture in PT school and we did one of our faculty members at Regis University was a phenomenal and very well known women's health specialist. That's what we called it 12 years ago. Men have pelvises and pelvic floors too, but, um, and she was amazing. And I was always really inspired by her. So I was aware but I was so focused on pediatrics that it was like, I love her. That sounds really interesting, but I want to play. <laughs> but I came to appreciate it when I got injured. And the training is very significant, you know, to, to specialize in this area. Um, so it was very different from the curriculum that you receive in traditional physical therapy school. Wow. And having gone through what you did, I'm sure that really offers your clients a great perspective. I think so. I mean, it was, it was humbling to have started this journey as the patient on the table. It was, um, it was uncomfortable for me, um, you know, cause it is a very intimate form of therapy, but my therapist helped me so much and I'm so grateful. And I thought that I could use my personality to help others in that way. So you mentioned um, in your bio that you develop pelvic health products. What, it, what are pelvic health products and how do they help your practice, with, um, help women with their, and men with their pelvic floor issues? Absolutely. So um, what I create are tools to allow people to be able to help manage their symptoms on their own. Um, and often um, that happens in conjunction with one-on-one -on -one treatment approaches with a pelvic physical therapist, and they are one tool as part of a more robust program to help people with urinary incontinence, pelvic pain, post-cancer treatments, um, accidents and injuries like mine or after surgery. Um, but certainly some of the tools can be used to help people manage on their own if they don't have access to a pelvic physical therapist, um, if they're too far away or have issues with insurance or due to COVID cannot be seen in a one-on-one -on -one way. Um, and the tools range from eagle exercise weights, which I know sounds very strange, but if about if you injured your shoulder and you went to physical therapy, you would be given a nice yellow stretchy band and shown some exercises to help strengthen your shoulder in addition to other treatments. And then as you got stronger, you'd get a green one and it would be stronger and, and give you more resistance. And that's the same concept behind the vaginal weights. It's a set of six weights covered in medical grade silicone. They're very, very pretty. It was um, my mission to make all of our tools 
very approachable and really soft and smooth. Our silicone is very different from others you'll see on the market. Um, as the person on the table, it was important to me that things were of utmost comfort to my patients and to myself. Um, so six Kegel weights, they start from white and they go to dark purple. As the color purple gets darker, the weight gets heavier. So people can gently progress as they strengthen their pelvic floor to help fix issues like urinary incontinence, or fecal incontinence, um, pelvic organ prolapse, things that happen after childbirth or with natural processes of aging and menopause, um, sometimes after surgery, um, and sometimes after injury, even without having had a baby. And then um, another type of product is a dilator. Um, vaginal dilators are used in a wide spectrum of different issues that people have, ranging from vaginismus, where the muscles of the pelvic floor uh, tend to contract, um, even without the person being aware of it. And so uh, things like using a tampon or having a medical exam or being able to participate in intercourse is challenging, if not impossible. Um, additionally, post-cancer treatment, if people have had radiation or different forms of chemo that have changed the vaginal opening, making penetration with any of those things challenging. Um, and then in some con genetic conditions um, where they cannot tolerate anything within the vaginal opening, the dilators are a progressive set of, uh, they look kind of like a cylinder. They start as small as my pinky and they progressively get larger. Uh, to be the size of about seven, eight inches long and a couple inches wide in order to help people meet their goals, whether it is to be able to use a tampon again or tolerate that speculum during a medical exam or to be able to have sex with their partner. So they would go through the process until they reached their goal. The last one for pain is a, a wand that allows people to be able to reach tender points or trigger points in the muscles of the pelvic floor to release them on their own. So the same way that you would get a knot in your neck or in your back, you push on it and it's painful. That same thing can happen in the pelvic floor muscles themselves. And so the wand allows people to be able to reach in there and, and relieve that pain. That's fascinating. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, in looking at your practice, is there a particular um, issue that is more prevalent, that you see more clients with that particular issue, or is it just kind of a little bit of everything? At this point in my life, it is a little bit of everything. I would say, um, you know, different practitioners have different subspecialties within pelvic floor. And there are some people that only treat men post prostate cancer and only treat incontinence. And I would say as a new practitioner 12 years ago, it was a lot of incontinence. And then as my skills in treating pelvic pain grew, because that is um, tends to be more complex, it requires a different skill set of manual skills and um, being able to guide people in different management techniques. Um, that when I when I had a stronger skill set in that, I was getting more referrals from other providers, and so then I was seeing more pain. Um, so it just kind of ebbs and flows. I'm just fascinated that men are a part of the discussion and. You know, I think that's an awesome, uh, that's awesome information to get out there, especially uh, prostate cancer survivor, people who have um, gone through the surgery for prostate cancer. They are miserable. I mean, it's the, you know, yeah. women are, mis it, it's, it's all really hard. I mean, these issues are highly sensitive and they're really hard. I think for men, you know, they don't get their first pap, pap smear at 16 or 18 
they're pretty unaware of this area of their body and they kind of go through life. You know, we all have challenges, but then when they get that diagnosis of prostate cancer, they undergo surgery. Sometimes they also have radiation as a part of that. They become incontinent. They lose the ability to achieve erection. Um, and, you know, they, they were in this fighting for their life process and then they come out and oftentimes this incontinence piece is not part of the discussion going in. Oftentimes they aren't mm-hmm. warned or they're told, oh, it's really rare. Well, it's not really rare. It happens a lot. And they can be they helped and fixed after that process as well. And it takes time and it takes patience. And um, that prostate gland was doing a lot of work for them to help them maintain their continent status. So when they have to go through and learn how to operate their pelvic floor muscles, it's like learning how to use an arm you never knew you had. <laughs> it's a totally mm. foreign concept. Wow. Well, hopefully the women who listen to our podcast regularly will uh, inform their husbands and boyfriends and significant others that this is out there. We continue to try to encourage men to listen. And we do have, I think Um, it's about 15% of our listenership is men. So yeah, it's really cool that, you know, we talk about feminine issues all, I mean, every episode is a new feminine issue. And so it's great that, you know, men are wanting to learn a little bit more um, and find out, you know, how can, how can I be a better partner to my partner? How can I, you know, encourage my sister or my mother? Um, But it's really nice to hear um, you know, that there are practices that kind of span the gender spectrum to everyone. Um, and it, you know, it can be, um, useful for, for anyone. So someone who hasn't had a massive injury like yours or who hasn't had cancer, like I have, um, what are some signs and symptoms that just your average Joe or Josephine, um, needs to to be aware of so that they might think, hmm, maybe I need to go see a doctor or see a pelvic floor uh, specialist. Sure. Some pretty classic ones include any form of incontinence. So the biggie, the most prevalent one would be stress urinary incontinence where they experience some leakage, whether it's a few drops to tablespoons to the whole bladder when they cough, sneeze, laugh, jump, be, do, do active things. Um, that's stress urinary incontinence. And that's certainly something that we can help fix. Um, it's, it's pretty common, roughly 35% of women experience it at some point, And that number goes up for every baby <laughs> that they've had. Um, and then also a sense of pressure in the pelvis, um, which is often associated with pelvic organ prolapse, uh, where the organs in the pelvic bowl drop down. When women um, receive this diagnosis, they often are very fearful. I mean, they're, they're receiving this information that their organs are falling out of their body, but it is highly manageable. There's a lot that we can do conservatively without requiring surgery to strengthen those pelvic floor muscles, address issues that are happening in the balance within the abdomen itself to help um, prevent this from getting worse and actually to reduce it. We can make it better. Wow. Um, yeah. And then a biggie is constipation. We can help address some pelvic floor muscle coordination issues, uh, restriction issues, because these muscles can be too weak, but they can also be too tight and too strong, or they can lack coordination. It's kind of like a finely oiled piston machine um, within the thorax to be able to relax and drop to allow for a bowel movement. And so that's one thing as pelvic floor therapists that we can help with that a lot of people don't know about, um, that we do address a lot of bowel issues. And then pain with sex or any pain in the tailbone, 
pain in the groin, in the lower abdomen, pelvic region, um, restrictions in scars. If you've had laparoscopic procedures in the abdomen and the pelvis, we can help to um, rehabilitate that scar tissue and retrain the abdominal and the pelvic floor muscles to help them along the way. Um, so those are a lot of the biggies that you'll see um, that that kind of come up that some people normalize. You know, I think it's really common for women to experience leakage and they say, well, I had a baby and my mom had a baby and we all leak. <laughs> and because it's common, they associate it with normal, um, but it's not. And certainly we can help that we can get people dry or not having pain or having easy bowel movements so that they can go on to do the things they want to do. If people find themselves with any of these issues, yeah. how do they find a local therapist? Yes, a great place to find reputable physical therapists specializing in pelvic floor dysfunction is on the American Physical Therapy Association's Academy of Public Health PT Locator. Uh, these are therapists that have received training through the academy. You can go on, enter your zip code, and find a list of providers in your area. Um, PelvicGuru.com has her own database as well. She is also a pelvic PT. She has a nice big database of different kinds of pelvic health dividers, including counselors and therapists and pelvic PTs. So again, you can enter in your zip code. Um, and then at Intimate Rose, I have a network as well. So if people are looking, they can email us at support at intimaterose.com. We'll take your zip code and we will compare it with our network and the network of people that I've trained with and that I know and we'll help make that connection there. And awesome. That's, that's wonderful. It's always nice to have, you know, the official one is great because you can look it up and see that. But it's also nice when someone like you guys at Intimate Rose or Pelvic Health Guru, because there's like a vetting process a little bit. Of, you know, I, I know them. I went to school with them. I worked with them. It's always that like familial referral <laughs> where yeah. um, you feel just a little bit more comfortable talking to someone. Um, I mean, how many doctors have I found in the course of my life by asking someone, hey, who do you see for this? Or, hey, who do you see for that? Um, so that's a really great resource to have. And um, we will have all of that on our website. Um, so you, everyone can go check out um, all of your stuff at Intimate Rose, as well as the pelvic health um, practitioner finder um, to, to get all of that information. I was going to say, um, it's interesting to me. So when we first, when we first learned about pelvic floor health, um, we were talking to Dr. Laura Mayhofer, and I had never heard of pelvic floor PT, didn't, you know, have any clue about it. And my cancer journey, I just had a hysterectomy. I did not have chemo. I did not have to have radiation. Very fortunate for that. And I haven't had any lasting issues. Um, and so, you know, we're just a year out, but it's interesting when you say that you can help with laparoscopic scar tissue and strengthening your abdominals. And um, so, you know, it, it really helps um, put things together where it may not be an instance of, oh, I'm not that bad. Oh, that's not, you know, for me, you know, that's really great that they have it, but oh, that's not, you know, my case. Cause thinking, cause I was thinking that all along, like, oh, this is really great news. I want to get this out to everyone, but it doesn't necessarily impact me. And now I'm like, Hmm, maybe I need to, to reevaluate and be more aware of what's happening, um, with, with me and my body and my scars and my abs and my pelvic floor and everything. Absolutely. And it's so funny too, because I heard you say, 
I just had a hysterectomy and that's a major <laughs> surgery. You know, they, there was disruption of four layers of abdominals and a loss of a, 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 an organ that was helping provide structure. And it's not to say like, again, you're fine. You're doing really well. Um, but it is to say too, like, you still deserve to make sure that you've got all the good things, all the good skills that you can have in your tool belt. And we are there for, especially for that. And I think as, I, I think as people, like, um, whether it's, you know, that we get really busy or, um, that we don't want to focus on ourselves, you know, we're busy focusing on work and the people that we love and doing these things that we think, oh, well, that's a small need. That's that wasn't that big a deal, but it's, you know, it's, it's, and we don't have to catastrophize, but you know, you, you do still deserve to get all the care that you want and need. And I think you and I talked about this on the phone, but in France, when a woman has a baby, she gets 14 visits with a pelvic health PT as part of that process. Wow. Just it, this is part of our maternal care package. This is, these are yours. Use them as you see fit. We're here for you. And um, how lovely would it be if we could have that post-cancer treatment or postpartum or post-surgery? And um, I, it would be, it, it would be true. <laughs> yeah, because here in the States, you have to jump off a 40-foot cliff and totally destroy your lower half before anyone's like, hey, maybe you should see a pelvic floor therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you see it getting there here in the States? I mean, do you see progress toward that? Yeah, I think um, I see progress in awareness and in, in people asking for it. And I think a lot of that comes in the most recent years. Um, our numbers are up by the thousands in terms of number of pelvic health specialists. And the new ones coming out are taken to social media and they are using their channels. They are using their platforms to provide for the most part, really good, empowering information. And so, um, you know, people are seeing this and they're saying, well, I had a baby. I want, I want to go see a pelvic after my delivery. And they're going and asking for it from their physician. So I see I, it's night and day from 12 years ago when I started. And I do see that movement going in terms of insurance. Most insurances do cover it. But as Alex just awesome. said, I mean, it's, Sometimes it's nothing short of jumping off a cliff to get it to happen. Every plan is different. Sometimes you have to have, you know, this referral from this person as a thing. So there are still some barriers um, and certainly insurance barriers of deductibles and how busy people are in, in their life um, can, can be prohibitive to attending therapy. So those are all challenges that we still need to continue to work on. Well, well, and our podcast is all about advocacy and um, we want people to be their own advocates. So I'm happy, I'm thrilled we're getting this information out and hopefully more women in particular will specifically ask for these great therapies that um, can help them so much. Well, and I was just going to say, we have a family member who um, had to have, this was several years ago, have her bladder tacked. And it just makes me think, had this been more prevalent, perhaps she could have worked with a physical therapist um, and not have had to undergo surgery, which is now, as I understand it, something that she's suffering from again and having to have looked at again. And so it just makes you think if there's a non-invasive way to go about something um, and, and really a more natural way, like, hey, we're going to work with weights, we're going to 
build your muscle. We're going to work on massage um, to to help strengthen those pelvic floor muscles. Um, that you know, an expensive, painful, invasive surgery could have been avoided. Absolutely. And that is our goal. And we are, I mean, we are a conservative modality. We use our hands and exercise and education and different movement patterns um, to help prevent that exact thing. So is there one or more new discovery or exciting research that you're just really pumped about that's coming out of uh, pelvic floor PT right now? Um, you know, we have, we have a lot of different types of research going on, um, within our field and in collaboration too. Um, I would say probably the, the most gold, uh, metal thing that we have right now is that physical pelvic physical therapy is a frontline treatment for urinary incontinence. Um, dilator training therapy is first line of treatment for people that have uh, genetic conditions resulting in vaginal agenesis. Um, so where their vaginal canal is not, they are not born with it fully formed and they are looking to create one. Um, so pelvic physical therapy and dilator training are frontline uh, therapy for that. Um, we have evidence demonstrating that uh, pelvic floor strengthening can reduce pelvic organ prolapse by a grade or two. Um, so for some women, that means lifting those organs and supporting them with pelvic floor muscle strengthening to the point where they are not feeling that pressure. Um, and we can also come behind and support that too with things like pessaries, which get a really bad rap. A pessary is a device that helps to stabilize the organs. It's removable. It's non-surgical. And when it's well fit, it is amazing. It can decrease pain. It can decrease pressure for women. They can take it out and wash it, put it back in, and it just helps support those organs phenomenally. So, and that would be a joint venture between pelvic PT and a nurse practitioner or a doctor who fits that. Um, but it's kind of like if you sprained your ankle and you put on an ankle brace to help support your ankle while you're mending and healing, it's one of those conservative things that we could do. So we're, we, there's good things coming. Um, and pelvic floor research is tough because it's uh, really hard to compare apples to apples. People are so different. There are different factors that lend to their presentation, um, but it's growing, certainly. That sounds like there's awesome. a lot, you know, coming forward. And like you said, in the last 12 years, it's really changed quite a bit and progressed forward. And so it's, you know, exciting to think what will happen in just the next couple of years um, in your in your field. So that's very, very exciting. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully now that we're all in this current pandemic, all the researchers are just thinking of ways that they can <laughs> conduct new studies and starting to get their literature, literature searches underway. So that when patients can come back in, we can get that research done. Exactly. We have a whole lot more time to get kind of all those administrative things all together. <laughs> yes. Lots of creativity has blossomed during this pandemic. It's been fun to it watch. It really has. I agree. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Olson. We are just so excited to continue the conversation about pelvic floor health, especially in relation to cancer treatments. Um, and so we're going to put all of your um, information on our show notes on our website, but I did want to plug your Instagram is at intimate rose. Um, and then your website is intimaterose.com and you can find all great information. You can purchase her book there. I know I'm going to go purchase a book. Um, so definitely check 
Dr. Olson out on all of uh, her social media. Um, we're, we're just so excited that you reached out and were able to have this conversation today. I'm so thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find Down There Aware on all social media platforms at Down There Aware, as well as our website, www.downthereaware.com. Thanks for listening.